You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast of the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Mike? Ah, oh, Football Grump. We could finally talk about football. That's that's the word of the day is football. No more talking about drafts or players. You know what we think of guys on paper, forty yard runs, reps. None of that. We actually were able to watch a game last night and see with our own eyes the birth of this team and it makes me very happy yeah this is this is a little bit of um watching evolution uh push its kinks out i guess or iron out Mm -hmm. kinks Mm -hmm. um because yeah this was football um but there were some key players not playing you know obviously and the entire patriots first team didn't play so this is kind of like a cards scrimmage in its own way yeah, and I guess we should reset what we talk about every single year is we don't really care that much about the outcomes of preseason. You know, our biggest thing is, you know, nobody get hurt and getting guys into position to play so when the season starts, we're ready to go. And, um, you know, for the most part, I think we've accomplished kind of some of those goals. Um, you know, I know you were on last night with the uh, with the Talking Giants crew doing a live feed, so... Um, I guess this is my chance to kind of catch up and get my thoughts. And um, I'll put the disclaimer in. Last night I was at Rage Against the Machine at the Garden, which was like a religious revival, <laughs> to say the least. But I I did not watch it live. I caught up today. I watched on um, the NFL Plus there, uh, the condensed version of the game. So unfortunately with the Patriot announcers. But we're, we're all caught up. And we, you know, again, this is preseason. This isn't a game game. But enough can be gleaned. I guess we can get our our takes and our opinions for some things that we saw. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a first real glimpse into what this team is going to start looking like. So, you know, I'll just set this up and then I'll just kind of start asking you questions because yeah, uh, I was kind of reacting to things live. I've already seen it twice now. Um, it, but it, in a real nutshell, like your elevator pitch, what did you see? Okay, well, let me let me set it up first. I'm not going to give my opinion on anything. Um, okay. The giant the Giants won the game 23-21. Uh, there was a decent amount of touchdowns in that game. They did come out with a series of injuries. Uh, you know, Cordell Flott walked away with a groin thing. He sat for the rest of the game. Um, the the main one is Shane Lemieux suffered a toe injury. He came out of the locker room in a walking boot. We were waiting on you know information with that, and um, somebody else got hurt too. I want to say it was another corner, but. Um, that said, the starters played for on offense. So what Brian Dable did, which I thought was kind of cool, is that he didn't just first string, second string, third string the rotation. I mean, he pulled guys out of the rotation uh, that you know I think maybe are more entrenched as starters and left other guys in there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some depth issues forced some players to play a lot of time as well. But for the most part, the starters on offense only played two series. Um, and then, you know, the defense, same thing. And they kind of just, um, they shuffled guys in and out. You know, Daniel Jones played two series, but not Andrew Thomas, I don't think. 
think mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas only played that first series. So, with that said, what did you think of what we were able to see from the starters offense, the second string offense, and were there any outlier guys that kind of showed up for you later on in the game? Uh, well, as far as the starters, I mean, you know, two series is a little tough to get any definitive opinions on things but you know i thought daniel jones looked okay i it was interesting you know they ran a lot of stuff to the left side i noticed they were going towards especially in that in that first series um it was interesting that first little end around play was was slayton i guess that might be just because he was available you know to play um i thought it was when we had first and goal at the at, you know when they had to settle for the field goal I would have liked to seen them push it a little bit, you know, because they never made it. Again, I don't care about the score. I don't care about winning or losing, but that's an opportunity to really practice your, your red zone offense. And I think we did like two Barkley runs up the middle and then like a little two, three yard over the middle dump to Kenny Galladay. Like that seemed like that was like, you know, the initial read. So I would have kind of liked to see us, you know, you know, again, that, I don't think it's a barometer of how we're going to run our offense in the regular season, but some things I would have liked to see just a little, you know, here's an excellent opportunity with live bullets to try to score in the red zone, which has been a big problem for this team for the last couple of years. Um, so I'm, I'm going to chime in a little bit here. Let's talk. Yeah, I'll start with red zone and then we'll we'll back up to Daniel Jones. So yeah. the red zone, I'm going to say this much. Um, this is part of why, you know, you said, you know, Two series is hard to get a definitive opinion on anything. The preseason in general is hard to get a definitive opinion on anything. And the reason why is because I don't think that's the red zone offense. Based on what I heard from practice and the things that were seen in practicing red zone drills early in camp, that was a really conservative uh, red zone play call sheet. Um, And... You know, with the the two runs to Barkley and then the the slant to Kenny Galladay that he dropped that might have been a touchdown, honestly. Um, You know, it looked like the timing on the Kenny Galladay play was slightly off. He did some wonky big step, like, Mm -hmm. release off of the line and then cut off of it. And I think, I honestly think Kenny Galladay's release screwed up the timing there and then he just dropped the ball he should have caught. But I think... Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. I think that red zone offense, what you were looking for there, I still think is what we're going to see from Kafka and Dayball. And I think that some of that is holding back the cards a little bit there and not revealing too much in preseason. Oh, because I think I, that's where they're going to get the trickiest is in the red zone. I wouldn't have unleashed a Twitter storm if I was watching this live by any stretch, but it was like, here's an opportunity. And you're right. Again, who was on the field at, at the time probably dictates. And also, you know, you don't want to you know, unzip your fly and show all your goods in preseason. So I get that as well. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) All right. So let's backtrack to Daniel Jones. You said for the most part, he looked good. I'm going to agree with you there. He had like an airmailed pass to Jeremiah Hall. That was a little ugly. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he, he kind of, other than that, I thought his throws were mostly okay. My bigger issues and, and they're not really big issues because, you know, it's a new offense and I think that he's thinking a little bit out there and he is learning. It's just that in the pocket he still looks a little rigid, whereas Terod Taylor, I don't think Terod Taylor is a better thrower or even a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, but he does look more comfortable in the pocket and escaping pressure in the pocket than Daniel Jones. Now, as a minor improvement, and Bobby is actually the one who said it, and I didn't think of it in the time, but on the sack that Daniel Jones took, where he kind of avoided the first sack, 
That would be normally where Daniel Jones would throw something stupid to avoid right. the second sack, and he didn't do that this time. He just took the L, and he took the sack. Now, in the first quarter, that's what you want your quarterback to do. No bombs down the field because you avoided one sack. So that was actually an okay thing. Uh, an okay. You know, a better quarterback is able to move a little bit in the pocket and avoid that stuff. I but, think a lot of people – we're at the point with Daniel Jones now is you kind of have your opinion on him. I think – you know, the one thing, the only people who don't have their mind made up on Daniel Jones are really this coaching staff and this front office. I think the fans already have their opinion on Daniel Jones. I think the media has their opinion on Daniel Jones. So you're either watching practice, watching a scrimmage, watching a preseason game, watching week one through the lens of, I think he's going to be okay, or I just think this guy sucks and I'm just counting down the time till he's done. So, you know, the sack all of a sudden you're like, see, I told you, you know, air mailing that one pass, you see, he's not accurate. But I think if you're looking at this glass half full or just glass, not worrying about how much water's in your glass, you know, I think it's to take the aggregate of everything and not just pick the, uh, you know, there's my one anecdotal evidence of something to prove, to just validate my point. And I think just as I'm trying with Daniel Jones just to be, agnostic and look at it through the lens of how Brian Dable's looking at this and Joe Shane's looking at this. I thought overall for the limited amount of, you know, snaps he had, how many snaps did he have total? Eight, uh, nine. Yeah. I don't know. It was somewhere around 10. So just, you know, I think he, I think he achieved what he tried to do today. He was starting to get, you know, some action, live game action and start to prepare for week one. And yeah, that's what he did. And I'm, I'm fine with it. These yeah, are, I, this didn't move make, the needle for me on Jones at all. I don't. Let's feel, not make these games, these preseason games, more than they are. I mean, especially the first one in a new offense sure. as well. I mean, there's like no need to extrapolate it. Now, if he looked awful out of the gates there, you can feel concerned. But because he didn't mm-hmm. look like he had an it factor or something like that, I don't. I don't know that Jones ever really had too much of an it factor other than his like legs and his that ability one to recognize nice. winter. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in general, I think that's really the extent of his it factor, you know, outside of just being an accurate deep ball thrower, et cetera, right? Um, you know, do what you're supposed to do and, you know, make the right decisions when you can't do what you want to do. And I think I think he kind of did that. And that to me is this is more of a victory of, you know, between the ears than off of his shoulders or connected to his hips. Was there anything else in the offense that stood out to you, good or bad? Uh Galladay had a drop, I think. Do you remember? Galladay had a drop, yeah, right at the goal line. That that would have been the the seven points, I think. Mm-hmm. In my mm-hmm. opinion, he catches that and he's able to muscle his way through the the corner that's on him and he scores. Mm-hmm. He didn't catch it in the end zone, so I'm not saying he dropped the touchdown. Um, Richie James, I agree know, with you, man. When you look at the guy, doesn't. Don't you get a little bit of a flashback that that's Victor Cruz, just the wow, way his body funny. type is? That came up last night. Um, and, oh, let me preface from, us from the chat. Actually, let me preface something for as I'm giving my opinions. I did not watch the chat. I did. I have not. You know, I really not read anything about the game from anybody else on Twitter or any of the other podcasts. I just I wanted to go into this fresh with my my own virgin thoughts. Uh, virgin being the game, uh, but. Um, yeah, I I just saw him. I was like, what? he just, he, you know, and it's this time of year. It's August. It's like that looks like Victor Cruz out there a little bit. 
Yeah, man, I, I had, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm struggling to see a scenario in which Richie James doesn't make the roster, uh, not because six wide receivers, whatever, or anything like that. It's just he was brought in by this coaching staff. They already like him. He shows out in preseason games. He's that shifty guy, which, you know, Wandell Robinson is brand new. But Kadarius Tony, if, he, if he's going to have anything in that role – there might be games where Tony is not available, and mm-hmm. somebody else who can reprise that role or anything, you know, add that little facet to the offense is going to help. Well, you know, especially I if you're going to build Foster that facet. was going to be that guy when they signed him, but I think it's going to be Richie James now. Especially if you're going to build that facet into your offense, it's not like okay, we're going to have specific plays for that that role, that position. And right, if he's not there, you don't want to just throw that part of your playbook out the window. So if he could kind of replicate it as best he can. That's even better. Yeah. I have, I have uh, the touchdown to Williams. He had that running. Uh, ben Bredesen had a really nice block. I have as a note. Yeah, you know that's kind of. Let's talk about offensive line a little bit here because Shane Lemieux got hurt, and that's a big thing. But I have mm-hmm. to say, of all the guys on from the starters to get hurt and miss any small amount of time, Shane Lemieux is an okay one because I thought Ben Bredesen got a shitload of snaps last night because mm-hmm. of lack of offensive line depth but he looks night and day different from last year in, in terms of well i mean he actually had an off season with the coaching staff he wasn't signed before right before week one and expected to start uh so he looks better there he also looks better just playing around a better offensive line in general you know he mm-hmm. took snaps at center and he looked pretty pretty darn good I, he's, he's not somebody i want to be a starter but if he has to be a starter i feel much better in 2022 than i did last year he looked like shit a rising tide raises all ships, Grump. You play, you play with better people around you. You're going to play a little better too. Yeah, and I thought John Feliciano looked okay as well. Um, he had some moments where if he had a better block, we'd have a better gain. But at no point did he did it really feel like any of the starters in the offensive line were going backwards, other than one or two Evan Neal plays. Which again, this is a rookie, you know, learning a new way to play tackle without doing verbal mm-hmm. sets. So. I, you know, I felt pretty good about the, especially run blocking, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I, I noticed we seem to run to the left more. I don't know if it's just, you know, they wanted to run behind Andrew Thomas, even though it just was one series with him or not. But that seemed to be a little bit of the, the way it was going. Um, did you notice did, that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. They they, they did different like um, the the slip screen to Darius Slayton for big yardage was behind. Evan Neal on the right side. Evan Neal led mm-hmm. the way on that one. That was a, no, I didn't say they did exclusively, chunk. but it seemed like that seemed to be. And again, yeah, that the, might be leaning on it for now. It, uh, it may be that, um, yeah, it may be that they feel a little bit more comfortable running to the left and the right, especially when you have Andrew Thomas and Shane Lemieux next to each other. Run blocking wise, that is a huge win. Those guys are moving people. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it may just be more so about the strength there than it is about a weakness on the other side. Yeah. Uh, I thought Williams looked pretty good running the ball. You know what, man? I thought every single running back on this roster looked good running the ball. Gary Brightwell, first of all, didn't even look anything like he did last year. You know, Antonio Williams looked great. Even Sandro Platzgummer looked good. I mean, Jashawn Corbin looked good. Barkley mm-hmm. looked pretty good. I think that speaks more about this offensive system and the line than it does about them. Yeah. Um, it was a little sloppy. I mean, there was a couple of fumbles, a couple of, like balls bouncing off guys' hands offensively and defensively. I think that's to be expected, though. 
Yeah, so um, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball then. We're right about the midway point of this episode, so it's yeah, a good time. I thought, the de- I thought the secondary looked a little sloppy, a little handsy, you know, back back there. Um, I have my notes, Aaron Robertson, woof. <laughs> he had a rough series. He had that, first of all, that ridiculously insane um, taunting penalty, which I don't know what he did. Okay, Which, so so uh, let's talk Aaron Robinson here. Let's go through the the series there. He got picked on for five passes. Yeah, I believe only three of them were completed. One was a hot slant that was like maybe like an eight yard gain. He was playing off coverage, so anyone playing off coverage in that scenario is probably not breaking up that pass. There was a deep ball that he that was completed, and then there was a touchdown throw. Mm-hmm. In between, he had two really nice pa- pass breakups. One, he got burned, and he recovered pretty well, and he he had a really good pass breakup on that one. Um, And then the other one, he had a great pass breakup in the end zone. He got the taunting penalty because – and now, keep this in mind. Preseason, they're calling penalties closer. That's what referees do. That's what the league wants. They want players to be aware of what is a penalty on a stricter basis in preseason. So come season, Mm -hmm. everything is a little bit more lax, and they can play a little bit more. But the taunting penalty comes from doing the incomplete thing, standing over the guy and looking down at him. Might have been talking to. There's no real camera angle I saw that showed his mouth. But that and that is a league rule that was put into place last year. Um, that I'm glad that he got called for it because in a game I don't want him to do that because well, yeah. that is by the letter of the rule that's a penalty and they could call it in the Super Bowl with the last play of the game. So fine. Um, Let's talk Aaron Robinson for a little bit because I've already fielded one question that was your boy Aaron Robinson blows. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that person nameless. Aaron Robinson is, and I always thought he would be, an average outside corner that would excel and look very good playing the slot. Now, first of all, the, the Giants and the Patriots did not game plan for this game, and I can't imagine a scenario in which Wink Martindale wants him in one-on-one man coverage against Tyquan Thornton, who is incredibly, incredibly fast. Mm -hmm. That also said, this is going to be Aaron Robinson's problem, is he's going to be blamed now for Dave Gettleman's cap mismanagement. The Giants were not able to keep their starting outside corner, and they had no viable starting outside corner on the roster and no money to sign one either. So they had to do the next best thing and get a guy who can play outside corner but is only going to be average. You put an average corner in man coverage one-on-one against who's somebody who's really fast or someone who's really physical or just someone who is really good, and they're going to lose. And this is what the this is what we've been worried about all year. This isn't Aaron Robinson's fault, but this right. is gonna be the problem all year, right? Oh, I, I was just saying, just in my notes, that he he had a rough series. I wasn't making any judgment about you know where he should be starting or where he should be or should even be on this roster. I was just commenting on it was just a rough series. Um, I want to take your point a little further, even about these teams didn't game plan each other. You know, the Giants and the Patriots play each other every preseason. Preseason games are not based on any sort of schedule where it's like, okay, this year you play the NFC South. They're kind of like almost like owner agreements of who's going to play who. And, you know, not only do they play each other every year, quite often they'll have like joint practices together. So these are two organizations, in spite of the Super Bowls, you know, a generation ago, kind of work together. 
in getting ready for a season. So you're not going to see things, never mind even exotic game planning and, 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 and schemes. They basically want to work with each other to get each team prepared. So keep that in mind when you're watching this game. You know, sometimes it's week one, sometimes it's week three. So I, I just wanted to, to kind of, I was thinking about that as I was watching the tape, how, you know, you're not seeing the craziness on defense that you might have even been seeing in practice if you're at the, you know, the Giants practice facility the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and we did get to see some cool shit from Wink Martindale, but in practice, uh, having been to one, uh, one, mm-hmm. um, but based on whatever, most of what I've heard, in practice, Wink Martindale was balls to the wall. This right. game was not. So exactly. when, when you hear things from practice that the offense looked like, just remember that every time, like, find the most crazy blitz from that night. I think at one point we had ev- all 11 guys near the line of scrimmage, uh, and then like the left side all bailed out, the right side overloaded blitz, and it actually worked really well. Imagine that play every single play in practice, and that's what the offense is going I have to do. It kind of is like that. I have a note, Tate Crowder... Uh, aggressive on blitz on one play early on. I'll say this: I thought th- all three of the like starting linebackers mm-hmm. between Tay Crowder, but more importantly Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers all looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I think the system just lends itself well to their skill set. They drafted well for what they wanted to implement, but they look like this defense was built around them and not, you know. The yeah. other way around. And, they and they both, all looked really good. And both secondaries were sloppy. I mean, there was a lot of penalties. There was a lot of a uh, lot of grabbing. You know, lots of lots of flags flying. There was defensive pass interferences. There was some illegal contact. So, it's kind of what you expect in a you know. Not only is it the first preseason game, we're only talking what eight or nine. How many practices did they get in before here? Ten, nine. It's something. It's basically something like that. It's we're still early on in the process, so I expect to see things like that. Um, I want to mention, let's talk Kayvon Thibodeau for a little bit there. Um, I think some people might've been upset that he wasn't like flashing into the backfield, but he did draw a false start Mm -hmm. and for the limited two series or one series that he played, I thought he looked fine because, you know, there was one play where he actually was sprinting out in man coverage on a running back. Uh, so it's not going to be in the backfield on that, and they didn't mm-hmm. throw his way, which means he did a good job. He set the edge well in the run game. I thought, I thought Tibbs' series. I thought he looked good. Yeah, he played one series only, right? I can't remember if it was one or two, but he didn't play that many snaps. But, but, but again, let's go back to sample size. Again, if you're expecting an all-world performance out of a handful of plays, you know you might be a little disappointed. But you know, it's his. Don't forget, it, it's his first NFL game. Mm-hmm. You don't think he was completely amped up for this? I mean, this is what you your whole life for. So, yeah, it's fine. I liked um, I I really like seeing Julian Love and Darnay Holmes in this system. I mm-hmm. think that those are both guys that have a specific skill set that is uh, pretty good. They're not all stars, but just in this system allows them to play at their best. I think mm-hmm. you know lets them to just kind of run downhill, close in on things. Darnay Holmes can. You know, use his hands really well and his timing to break up passes and close in on things and hit. And Julian Love is very good at, you know, maintaining his gap, coming downhill and making stops. I think those guys are going to do well in the system without actually being better play. I don't want to sound shitty, but like, I think that they might garner themselves a nice contract on the open market. They might outkick the their coverage for what they actually are. Right, exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Do we speaking want to... over kicking coverage, I'm going to say this. I hate that we signed this punter, Jamie Gillen, and didn't even sign any uh, competition for him. He was the worst punter in the league last year. I thought he looked great last night. Yeah, I was going to uh... – I was going to say, do we really want to talk about like punt coverage? Because it wasn't very good, I don't think. No, it was and, bad. Yeah, but do we want to really harp on it? Because are those nope. guys in punt coverage really going to be on this roster when we get to September? Or is it just... Some of them, yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I feel like I don't care as much. And it, it, it yeah, wasn't that's so why... bad like they, they got gashed. It just it didn't look good. It looked There sloppy. were guys, you know... Breaking, getting an extra six, seven yards, where I feel like you know a, a better coverage team wouldn't have. And maybe again, it's early, and it's guys that are not going to be on this final roster. But it, it definitely was enough for me to make a note. Like, eh. yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. It w- none of the plays made me feel good about the coverage, but it none mm-hmm. of it was so bad that I was like, ah, shit, do I need to pay attention to this now? I don't. Yeah, is this going to be a concern going forward? Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Um, so. I mean, just overall, I mean, I don't want to say expectation, expectations were met or not, but do you feel like we kind of met our objectives for a game one, preseason game one, you know, at this point in training camp? Um, I'll say yes. I think it was an entertaining, fun game. It stayed competitive without really having to do stuff. They practice a lot of things, um, you know, situations they took they took the opportunity to practice out those scenarios instead of playing it safe or doing whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, They took the preseason game as practice. More importantly, and we didn't mention this, I don't think there were any bonehead penalties other than the taunting on Aaron Robinson, which we've already... Even the Patriots announcers thought was ridiculous. And that's... I'm not sure if that's what the feed you guys were getting or not, but that's when I watched on the uh, NFL Plus. We had... So we had both feeds. Um, Okay. We were listening without... Or we were watching without sound, though. Um, so okay. when I rewatched the game, the only thing that's available is the NFL Network one, which is the Patriots broadcast. It's always going to be the home team's broadcast. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, By the way, Giant fans, um, you know that NFL Plus is pretty cool, and it's free if you have season tickets. Which I wish Grump would have told me a couple of weeks earlier. About, um, but... So I, I got automatically charged by it. Uh, so since since I've been using Game Pass for years, they have my oh. account on file. They charged me, and I was like, "Oh, that's what this is now." And then yeah, yeah. So I got charged last week. But it, it, it's it's pretty a pretty good uh, nice perk that they throw in for season ticket holders. So so check that out because it it has the uh, the coaches film on there also. It's available twenty four to forty eight hours after the game. So. Um, it's not available just yet, you know, as we're recording this, you know, Friday afternoon. But uh, that's a nice little feature to go back and, and, and study, especially if you want to for a game like this where you want to focus on a particular player that you've been you know, reading about all offseason, a draft pick. Maybe it, it's good to kind of watch that film. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that there were any stupid mistakes that stupid penalties, false starts or too many men in the huddle. You know, the Patriots actually. Had I thought they issues. were sloppier. They had, yes, they, had they absolutely were. Um, right. There's that, you know, illegal formation things. So that was good. Um, the injury front, you know, we're waiting to hear. But let's let's run down the rookie list, right? So we already talked mm-hmm. about Tibbs. We talked about Evan Neal a little bit. Um, we did not talk about Wandell Robinson because he didn't really do anything in this game. Didn't even notice really, him. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't on the stat sheet because he only played that first series and he wasn't targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's talk Josh Azudu. He looked... Okay, he's mm-hmm. got to get his hands out fast. This is, Josh Azudu is not going to be an offensive lineman that is going to just 
plug and play. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to have some struggles. He's got technique technique things he needs to iron out. Doesn't mean he's bad or that he's going to be bad. It's just you could see it right away. He got blown the hell up on a I want to say a Gary Brightwell run where it's like he kind of recovered, but he was already on ice skates immediately because he got hands in his chest right away. Just didn't get his hands out fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did you notice anything from any of the rookies? Cordell Flott, any of them? Not really. Again, it's not the optimal way to watch a game by watching just the real quick uh, condensed because it's kind of coming at you like like strobe lights. So nothing really stood out to me as great. I'm, I'll, I'm going to try to rewatch the game this weekend in real time and get a little more, some more notes. So when we, when we talk again on, on uh you know, Monday, we can, I'll some more better things, but nothing really stood out to me as like, Oh my God, that the future of the franchise or, Oh, what a waste of a draft pick. Yeah. Not in this game. I mean, I, I do, I do think that Tibbs and Neil could be futures of the franchise, Oh, uh, but, but, but nothing in this game said that. Yeah. yeah. I will say McFadden and Beavers, they looked like bona fide linebackers in this, which is mm-hmm. really surprising. I, I, Darren Beavers, especially because he's just not so good at moving laterally. You know, he's just very st- straight and backwards, uh, mm-hmm. but he looked good. I thought. Um, DJ Davidson looks like shit. He he is the the draft pick that I just didn't understand, and I was like, mm-hmm. ah, well, it's a defensive lineman. I'm not going to see it till a game. He didn't look good in the game, so uh, I that's going to be one I think is Joe Shane's bad draft pick out of this class. Yeah, still early. Let's see what happens. You know, I mean, I he think, did a whole draft it, without a scouting department. So, isn't there a cut down like a mini cut down this week? I think so. I, I don't have I, the date and time, but uh, I if you follow me on Twitter, I'll probably tweet it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they cut down five roster spots. It's not yes, like a big cut like right. the old days where it was, you know, cut down day one. I think it's just five spots. So, I mean, does anybody at this point stand out to you as like guys that just, you know. There, I think the five guys we're thinking of are guys that are, are not thinking of or whatever. The five guys that are just going to be – a lot of them are going to be guys that were signed either this week or last week. They were mm-hmm. guys that were just kind of signed to fill spots just to play this game you know, due to right. injuries. Uh, the first five are not going to be guys that are going to make a huge impact. There mm-hmm. might be a guy that they already know they don't want that's a veteran that they want to give a better chance in the open market. That to can jump sometimes on. happen, but I don't mm-hmm. know that there's a guy like that on this roster. It's a mostly young roster to begin with. Right. I mean, who would those guys even be? I mean, let's put it this way. If there were guys like that on this roster and they were making enough money, they probably would have been gone already as part of the great probably, roster right. purge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll tell you one thing, though. It, it did make me look forward to going to the game um, when we're going next weekend, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Next Sunday, we will be at the – was that Bengals? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we will be at that game at MetLife. We will be practicing our tailgate. We'll be practicing our drinking, practicing our insults, um, <laughs> you know, everything. It's, it's preseason for us as well, you know, practicing our, our chants and cheering. Uh, our swearing, practicing looking at the our, what are our top five needs for next year? Practicing looking at what uh, position we are in the draft next year. We're doing all that stuff. We'll practicing be a lot of fun. tweeting while at a game. You know, that's these right. Things are, these things are hard. It's hard to. You don't have your little gloves though this time. With the you know they flip up and you can type when you're doing it. So it's, it's going to be like ninety five. Well, you know exactly same thing though. I mean you know they don't they don't practice in uh, 
in long sleeves in the summer and preseason either. So <laughs> it's it's a light practice for me. You know, there's a new CBA with podcasters and everything. They can't overwork us. <laughs> yeah, that uh, <laughs> we'll be spending. I'd say we'd be spending a lot of time with sponsors, but we we don't have any. So that's okay. We'll be spending time with friends. I think so. That that works for me. Um, yes. And we so we'll but before that we will have an episode next week. Um, you know, just kind of wrapping up, you know, there's going to be players mm-hmm. cut. There's going to be information on those injuries from the game. Those things are really, really super important. I'm really keeping a close eye to Shane Lemieux because that sucks. Um, uh, so, you know, be sure to stay tuned for that. You can catch me on Twitter with more immediate reactions to thing things at football underscore grump. You can catch the Cranky Fan with immediate reactions to all things, including <laughs> baseball and hockey as well. At big the big weekend fan. this weekend. Yeah, big Rays or this about weekend. It. And also, I guess you can go back to YouTube and watch um, Grump and his uh, performance on Thursday night with Bobby and Justin on the uh, the Talking Giants. Um, their their live show is out there on YouTube. You can go watch it. There were some fun moments. There was a, an almost catch where we were all kind of jumping up and down, and there was, you know, we were <laughs> we were getting into it at the end there because, you know, final drive, even if the outcome doesn't matter, you want to see them run down the field and score. So that was pretty exciting as well. Um, I, I was it, it was try a to, fun watch. I was going to try to call you guys, but I was so mentally drained after that concert. I was just like, I got to go to bed. I am. <laughs> Justin and Bobby have had an exhausting couple of weeks, and Justin started yawning at the end of that game, and it <laughs> affected me so hard. The moment he, I was like, Jesus, I've been yawning for like the last ten minutes. So I, I it's all well, right because I was as Giant too. fans who are yawning through the final five <laughs> games of the year. So I guess he's in regular season mode then. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Do you have anything new on the FL teams YouTube? Uh, yes, I put out a podcast last night, one of my many ripping on our incompetent manager, Kevin Cash, and why he misuses the Rays bullpen and one of the reasons why the Rays are not doing as well as they should be. So I'm sure none of you care, but if you are a Yankee fan and you want a perspective of someone else in your division, check out the Cranky Fan Podcast on the FL Team's YouTube channel. Uh, I might have a well-known celebrity of giants twitter slash giants podcasting world on this week to discuss yankees rays so stay tuned for that Woo, that's fun and as always you can check out this show on itunes soundcloud spotify google play etc anywhere where there are podcasts this podcast can be found and of course on youtube where it is best viewed mm-hmm. um all right everyone we will catch you next time go giants go giants <laughs> <laughs>